0: Now, time for Christian Carguy Theatre with today's very special Christian Carguy Theatre, Christmas Extravaganza, Episode 12, A Christmas Carola. Deputy Eustace's brother Festus was dead, as was Kramer Crankshaft's brother Creighton Crankshaft. Dead as doornails, both of them. And you could agree that this whole story hinges on this morbid fact. And afterwards, you may even agree this concept nails it. For now, follow along with me and you'll see that these two deceased brothers were at the dead center of Eustace and Kramer's enslavement to worldly pursuits, as well as their repulsion of all things Christian, especially the Christmas season. As isolated as an oyster these two were with their self-serving attitudes. And now let's look in and see if we can find a pearl of wisdom in their story. Deputy Eustace was at the jail interrogating his prisoner.
1: So, Stephen, you say you were on school property while it was closed for the holidays, A planning a Christmas meal for the hospital bound? <laughs> Do you really expect me to believe that? Bah humbug. Honest, Deputy Eustace, you can ask Pastor Jack. He had just left when he pulled up. Can't you just call him? Remember the last time you picked me up? You looked pretty foolish. And it's really cold in here, too. Don't you believe in heat? Turn up the thermostat, you cheapskate. Wait, you... Now see here, you...
2: Hey, Uncle Eustace. Merry Christmas to you. And may God save you this season. You know, I came by to invite you to our Christmas dinner tomorrow night. You know, Marcy cooks a mean turkey, and afterwards I promise a game of Trivial Pursuit just like my mom and you used to
1: play when you were kids. Oh, now, what do you have to be all so fired up, merry, happy Christmas, merry this? Oh, come on, Jeff, you're you're dirt poor, and, and now you're blowing your Christmas bonus on a worthless party, for goodness sakes.
2: Well, Uncle, what do you have to be so all-fired grumpy about? You are filthy rich, and tomorrow I'm offering you a free dinner. Come on, Uncle. It won't kill you to have some fun. Just one day this year. Hey, what do you have the Simmons kid in here for? Uncle Eustace, it's Christmas Eve, and he's a good kid. I go to church with his family.
1: Church, you say? (laughs) Ha ha! Well, that's all the more reason I smell a rat. Or is it a church mouse in this case? (laughs) Sure, you are all, all poor as church mice, and that's how I know you weren't working on any charity for the hospital.
3: Back off, Uncle. Stephen's a good kid. Here, let me take him home before... Eustace, I heard you brought Stephen Simmons in. What in the world...
1: Wait Now see here, Pastor, this is official police business. And with the sheriff all visiting for the holidays, I am in charge here, nonetheless. I'm glad you're here, because I, I need to take a statement. Now, now, now Jeff, you, you, you go along and run along like a good nephew, and I'll see you next year. All right. Merry Christmas, Uncle, and may God save you. Bah humbug! So, Pastor... Where were you at 3 p.m. this afternoon?
3: I was meeting with Steve and some of the other kids at school. They want to put on a Christmas meal for the hospital bound. What? Do you have a permit to use hospital property like that? I mean, it sounds like a violation
1: of church and state to me. Well, 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 well do, you, do you have some sort of permit to use hospital property like that, Pastor?
3: Why, no. Eustace, this is a small town. I never dreamed anyone would be offended to offer a meal to folks in the hospital.
1: It's not the meal, Pastor. It's the Christmas part that's offensive. I'm afraid I'll need to call in Americans for Civility (laughs) to come down here
3: and check this all out. Eustace, please. There's no need. We won't call it Christmas dinner. How about holiday dinner? Is that okay? And by the way, it's freezing in here. Is your heat broken?
1: Well, I guess as long as I hear nothing about a Christmas dinner, I suppose I'll let you off this time.
3: I don't suppose you would like to donate to the cause, Deputy?
1: <laughs> bah! Nothing! I will donate nothing! Bah humbug to you, Pastor Jack!
3: Oh, so you'd rather stay anonymous?
1: Oh, no! not Not one penny! I'm not gonna waste my money on a meal for hospital patients. They get, they get
3: one good enough for free in the hospital, right? Oh, but Eustace, many would rather die than eat hospital food on Christmas Day. Well,
1: if they had rather die, then let them do it, I say, and decrease the surplus population.
3: <sighs> it sure is in here, Deputy. Now that you know I was telling the truth, can I go? Pastor, can you give me a ride? Sure, Stephen. Would it be all right, Deputy? I promise no mention
0: of Christmas. Deputy Eustace lets Stephen and the pastor out and then closes up the jail, heading out to his pride and joy, a Toyota Corolla. Eustace loves the value in the Corolla and the great gas mileage, as you might guess. But as he sat down in the driver's seat to go home, he could have sworn the horn button started to look like his deceased brother, Festus. But it was a horrible, almost ghostly image of him. His jaw was tied with a cloth the knot of which was in his curiously stirred hair his ghostly eyes seemed to stare right through eustace and the chill of his expression gripped eustace right in the heart but then as eustace stared at the apparition it returned to a horn button and eustace drove on toward home meanwhile jimmy was on his way to go christmas shopping an event that was creating quite a stir under the hood of jimmy's jeep kramer crankshaft was crankier than ever in the cold especially at this season, as the joy of the others celebrating Christmas put a chilly spin on his bearing. The rocker arms just made it worse with their singing.
4: God bless you, Mary, Mary gentlemen, gentle.
5: but gentle. nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our
6: Savior was born on Christmas Day
3: To save us all
7: from Satan's power when we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy
0: Kramer Crankshaft exploded.
7: Rockers, if you think you were broke the last time we spun out of control, get ready for a lot worse. If you don't stop that infernal singing, I'll spin you out of the hood for good. Bye, humbug. And I suppose you all want the day off tomorrow. At least
0: Bancroft Bonnet had the courage to answer.
8: If quite convenient, sir.
7: It's not convenient, and it's not fair. And yet, if I refuse, you will all think I'm a cotton-headed ninny muffin.
0: That encouraged Wally Windshield Washer to speak up as well.
7: Not a cotton-headed ninny-muffin, Kramer. More of a,
3: a, a, a Scrooge. Yeah, a Scrooge, really.
7: A Scrooge, eh? You say a Scrooge? Well, along those lines, that's a poor excuse to pick a man's pocket every 25th of December. So you all be ready to roll all the more early the day after.
0: The words were no more out of Kramer's mouth, but he looked up to the cylinder, and there he could have sworn he saw the head of his deceased brother, Crayton Nightshake, bearing down on him like a ghost. His timing chains clanked and ringing a fearsome sound crash. Just then, across the intersection, Eustace ran a red light on the icy roads and Jimmy's Jeep was in front of Eustace. Before he could think, Eustace slammed into Frenchie Fender. The Corolla's airbag popped Eustace unconscious, at the same time the impact seized Kramer Crankshaft. It was almost as if time stood still. In the smoke of the crash, Eustace's brother Festus appeared in his ghostly form. His jaw still tied closed with a cloth, his hair a wearing a waistcoat like George Washington, and even the little pigtail like George had. Tied about him was this ghastly chain.
1: What what do you want with me? Much. Who who are you?
5: I was.
1: Who were you then? You're pretty particular for a ghost now, aren't you?
5: In life, I was Vestus, your little brother. You don't believe in me, do
1: you? I don't. Why do you doubt your senses? I do not believe in you. Well, you're like anything my imagination dreams up. I need to nip this right in the bud. Nip it. I need to nip it now. <laughs>
0: All this commotion seemed to awaken Kramer Crankshaft to his brother, Creighton Crankshaft, who was standing in a similar appearance to the ghostly Festus and rattling his timing chain.
7: Mercy, brother. Why do you trouble me? Crankshaft of worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do. I must. But you have to understand, Creighton. Nobody wants to get the shaft.
6: This is no time for bad puns, Kramer. It is required of all of us that the spirit within him should walk among his fellows and travel far and wide. But if that spirit does not do so in life, it is condemned to do so after death. Woe is me
5: to witness what I might have shared on earth. That I might have turned to happiness, but did not.
0: Sorry we have to go to a break, but there are still three more segments of Christian Carguy Christmas Extravaganza, a Christmas Carola. Stay tuned. You won't believe who is the ghost of Christmas future. If you can't listen to all today's episode, go to christiancarguy.com and get the podcast later today. Come back to Christian Carguy Theatre Christmas Extravaganza! A Christmas Carola. We left our heroes, Eustace and Kramer, being visited by their ghostly brothers, Creighton and
5: Festus.
1: Oh, oh, why are you chained, brother?
5: I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. Is the pattern of it strange you, brother? Or would you know the length of the chain you bear yourself? Eustace, it was as long and as heavy as this seven Christmas Eves ago. And you have labored on it since. It's a killer chain!
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so, I suppose you, you're expecting a chain reaction. <laughs> Look, but, 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 Festus, my dear brother, Festus, tell me, tell me more. Share some comfort with me.
5: I have no comfort to give you, Eustace. It comes from different regions and from different ministers to other kinds of men, brother. Nor can I tell you what I would. I have but little time left.
6: My brother Kramer Crankshaft, I am here tonight to warn you that you may have a chance to escape my fate. A
3: chance... ...and a hope I have gotten for you, brother.
7: You were always a good little brother, Creighton. Eustace,
5: you will be haunted by three spirits. Expect the first when the clock strikes one.
1: Uh, Festus, uh, couldn't I just take two and have it over with?
5: Sorry, it's against the rules to give up the ghost. Expect the next when the clock tolls two and the third when the clock tolls three. Look to see me no more, and look for your own sake on what has passed before us.
0: With that, both ghosts, Festus and Creighton, retied their jaws and disappeared into the smoke. No sooner had the two ghostly brothers disappeared than the clock tolled one. With the sound of the bell, both Kramer and Eustace began to look about for the foretold spirits. And when none are seen, both are quick to exclaim,
7: Humbug.
0: Both Eustace and Kramer now see each other for the first time, and that alone
1: startles both. What? A talking crankshaft? Now, I know this must be a dream, or, or maybe I'm just losing it. What?
7: A living dipstick? Because no doubt you measure crude and rude? Bah, humbug.
1: Now, it's, now you... Now, see here, you cranky old cranker...
0: With Eustace and Kramer focused on their debate, they failed to see the ghost of Christmas past hovering over them. It was a strange figure, not so much like a child gas tank, but an older lady gas tank. The supernatural medium, which gave it almost the appearance of a transparency, somehow made it small as a child, though its hair was white with age. Strangely, its face was without wrinkle and tender as you ever saw. Dressed in a bright white robe, trimmed in summer flowers, it held a spring of bright green and red holly, as if to herald the season. The most amazing feature of all was a brilliant jet of light coming up from its filler neck through the top of its head. That light illuminated everything, and perhaps that's why it carried an old-fashioned extinguisher-looking hat under its arm. You know, you can't put out a gas fire with water. Then she spoke.
8: Is there any chance you two could direct me to Deputy Eustace and Kramer Crankshaft? I understand they have time and chain issues. Um, excuse me, uh, are you the spirit
1: that was foretold to us?
8: I am. I am Gracie Geistank, the ghost of Christmas past.
1: You mean, you mean long past?
8: No, you're past. As I said, you have time and chain issues. Well, I I think you have me mixed up with this guy.
1: I'm no crankshaft. Would you mind putting that extinguisher or,
8: or cap or whatever that is on your head? You're about to blind me.
7: Yeah, me too.
8: Precisely. The passions of you two would have me wear this cap all these many years, dim in the light so as none can see the reason for the season. Did you not, Deputy Eustace, tell Pastor Jack that you wouldn't have called it a Christmas feast? And you, Kramer, did you not say a poor excuse to pick a man's pocket every 25th of December? As I said, time and chain issues so
7: why are you here gracie gas tank of christmas past
8: for the benefit of both of you now both of you grab hold of my robe we're in for a little adventure take my word for it it's gonna be a gas
0: deputy eustace and kramer crankshaft reach out and touch the robe of gracie gas tank gracie is the ghost of christmas past and off they head through a winter wonderland Snow dusting a mountainous village scene, they come to a house where screaming can be
1: overheard. Well, this is my house when I was a boy. It was, it was torn down years ago to, to make a highway.
7: So what's all the yelling about?
1: If, if that's who I think it is, then it's my parents. Well My, my dad, he, he was an alcoholic, and, and when he came home drunk, it, it, was, it was on like Donkey Kong.
8: Why don't we just see what was behind this argument, Eustace? These are your parents, aren't they, Eustace? No wonder we have no money for Christmas, Richard.
4: You went and spent it on another one of your binges. And what's your excuse this time? Like some of your past lame excuses? Like, oh, like, Eustace's coach would not let him in the game, or the other one, like, maybe Festus was talked down to by a teacher. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no, 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 I know, I know, no, no, this one. Bess didn't get the part of Mary in the school Christmas play. (laughs) You weak, pathetic excuse for a man. Any time one of the kids has a setback, you multiply it with another one of your dives into the bottle.
2: Now, Margaret, you don't understand. You never understand. You say you love me and the kids, but your idea of love is a screaming fit. And just when Bess needs you the most. Her little heart was broken, Margaret, and she wanted that part so bad. And all you can say is that she needs to toughen up, take it on the chin, pull herself up by her bootstraps. And that's the same thing you say to me.
4: Ha! If you were half the man my daddy was, you would teach these kids how to stand up to trouble. Not run to a bottle like
1: yours. Gee, the the year Bess wanted to be married in a school play was, was the year my dad killed himself. I always thought it was, it was because of him being a, a drunk and all and, and he couldn't quit. I, I figured he was just too weak. Once
0: again, we have to pause for a break. For those who may not be able to listen to all of today's episode, remember, go to ChristianCarGuy.com later today and, and download the entire podcast. Welcome back to this special episode of the Christian Car Guy Show with today's Christian Carguy Theatre extravaganza, a Christmas carola. Be sure and check out christiancarguy.com if you're not able to listen to the entire episode today as you can download the podcast later or any previous Christian Carguy Theatre or Christian Carguy show. Remember, christiancarguy.com. Now let's get back to the ghost of Christmas past,
7: Gracie tank.
8: Kramer. What happened to your dad?
7: My dad, Kramer Sr., was a drunk too. He went for a spin in December when I was about eight and never came back.
0: Just then, the hood of the car in the driveway flew open in the wind, and Gracie Gas Tank pointed under the hood.
8: Kramer, have you been ginning again? What's wrong with you? A little piston slap and you have to go get a belt every time. You're just like your father, a good-for-nothing drunk. Why, no one do the kids disrespect you. I always
7: thought my dad was disappointed in me, that I couldn't crank it like the big boys. But I see I believed a lie. Where did that come from?
8: Come on now, boys. We have much to see and not much time, so grab hold.
0: The threesome took off again in the snow. This time, they seemed to go just a few blocks to a nearby schoolyard where children were playing out in the snow.
1: That's the three of us in junior high school, Festus, Bess, and I.
0: Within moments of their arrival, one of the neighbor kids slammed Bess into a tree, cutting her forehead. She fell to the ground, bleeding, almost unconscious. Young Eustace, unaware of what had happened, saw Bess lying there and ran over to her in a panic.
1: Bess! Bess! What happened? Who did this to you? (laughs) Oh... Festus.
0: Jumping to conclusions, young Eustace moves to attack Festus.
1: Why do you always have to pick on Bess? Now, now look what you've done. This will teach you.
0: Eustace's punch knocks Festus to the ground and his front tooth with it. Sobbing and bleeding, young Festus responds.
5: Eustace, you broke my tooth. And I wasn't anywhere near Bess. I didn't touch her.
0: Just then, of all times, Margaret, Eustace's mom, pulls up. She runs over to the bleeding Bess and Festus.
4: Bess! Festus! Oh, what has happened? What's happened? Eustace! You were supposed to be their protector, not their bully! In
0: that moment, with Margaret's words echoing,
4: You were supposed to be their protector, not their bully! The
0: scene froze in time as Gracie, Ghost of Christmas Past, began to make her point. The children and Margaret were frozen still, but not older Eustace Kramer and Gracie.
8: Eustace, you have been given a precious gift, but you need to unwrap it here and now. Those words burn as bad as they did years ago. Just how is this precious? Yes, those words do still burn, Eustace. But do you know why those particular words burn so bad? It's because they were aimed at your identity who God made you to be. You see, Eustace, God made each of us with a special sauce, a special something that is really God's glory reflected by a unique part of us. The truth is, only you can reflect your special identity, Eustace, and if you don't, no one else can. Now God's enemy Satan roams around looking for God's glory flashing about in his image bearers and when Satan spots God's glory shining he whacks it like whack-a-mole. Yet Satan betrays himself if you look closely by seeing Satan's point of attack you may see where God's glory resides in you. Eustace. Let's ask Jesus for some help unwrapping this gift. Eustace, you know you get a new name in heaven. Why not sneak a peek and ask Jesus what he calls you? Go ahead, ask Jesus right now. We'll wait. It seems crazy, but
1: here I am in the snow with my, my young self and Bess and Festus. I guess I... I could give it a try. Uh... Uh... Jesus... I know we haven't talked in a while, but... But I'm here with this spirit, and and I... I would really like to know what is going on. So... Jesus... What do you call me? Uh... Miss Ghost?
7: Can I ask too? I had almost the same thing happen to me when I was young. Is there a present for me to unwrap as well?
8: Precisely, Kramer. All believers have such a gift to unwrap. Go ahead, ask.
7: Jesus, what do you call me?
8: Well, Eustace, did Jesus tell you? Yes, I... I,
1: th- I think so, but it, it doesn't seem right. I can't believe it, really. What did Jesus say? Well, he, well, he says he calls me protector.
8: But it can't be. You you both just saw what happened. Yes, we did, Eustace. But as I said, Satan often attacks at the point of God's glory to get you to hide your true self. But
1: you saw what my mother said and and how I attacked my brother. I I was guilty. I,
8: I wanted to hurt my brother and not protect him. But you were under attack, Eustace. Satan fed you the lie that your brother hurt your sister whom you loved dearly and wanted to protect. Satan knew how to provoke you, and you took the bait. But you were under attack at the point of being a protector. I I was guilty. I wanted to hurt my brother, not protect him. I was guilty. So here is your present, if you will unwrap it. Jesus paid it all, and it is only through Jesus' blood that such deep cleansing is available. Eustace, do you want your innocence back? Will you unwrap that gift? It is your innocence card. Do you want it? It all comes down to this. Do you believe Jesus died to free you from that lie you bought into many years ago? That lie that robbed you of being who God made you to be? Protector. Well, I, I, I don't know, spirit. I, I just don't know. How about you, Kramer? Jesus said
7: he called me driver. But like Eustace in my mind, that makes no sense. Years ago, I let those pistons push me around. I'm not the driver, I'm just cranky.
8: Well, let's move on, boys. You are needed back at the accident scene.
7: No
0: sooner did the words come out of the spirit's mouth than they were all back at the accident scene. As they arrived, Eustace and Kramer grabbed the extinguisher from the ghost.
7: That's too much
1: light. Well, that's too uh, much I, light. Can't I, I, I can't take it anymore. You to need to tone that
7: headlight, headlight you of yours you down. You need to tone
1: that headlight down of yours.
0: With the fading of the ghost of Christmas past came the onset of the next ghost. This one came dressed almost like a Jeep fender dressed as the Statue of Liberty. Its dress was Christmas green with a white fur hem, and its crown was more like a holly wreath than a pointed Statue of Liberty crown. But no doubt, it looked French. And in fact, this was Frenchy Vendor, ghost of Christmas present.
4: Bonjour, boys. Vive la Christmas. All right, mon ami, we have much to see. Grab hold of my robe.
0: Now, it was almost a blizzard as the threesome flew straight for the hospital. They flew right through the door and into the main cafeteria. There was a magnificent feast. Pastor Jack and Stephen, of course, but the ghost of Christmas present took them over to a familiar family to both Eustace and Kramer, Blake and Dorena Andrews. But where was their son, Matt?
4: Oh, Blake, I'm so worried. Noonan syndrome. The doctor said Matt might have Noonan syndrome. And that could be heart conditions and blood conditions. Oh, Blake, I'm so worried.
7: Don't worry about many, Matt, Dorina. He's an Andrews with the Andrews spirit. God has brought us this far, and he has an amazing Christmas for our family. Just
3: wait. Come on, sweetheart.
7: Here they are, wheeling him in now to join the celebration. Dorina, please don't let him see the worry.
3: Look at you, Matt. You bring all the cheer in the room when you come in. Nowhere is there a brighter Christmas smile than Matt Andrews.
9: Christmas time is my most as as time, Pastor Jack. You know that God came as a baby. He came for me so we can all be together. Together forever. God blessed us, every one. And now, with all my favorite people here, we celebrate.
0: And then enters AFC, Americans for Civility, Joe.
2: I want y'all to listen up here, everybody. Uh, This is an unlawful assembly on public property. We are filing suit right now, so you all need to cease and desist. Both of them. Cease and desist. And there will be no more talk of Christmas or Jesus here on public property. You all understand that?
0: Again, suddenly, everyone in the scene freezes in their exact position except Kramer and Eustace and Frenchy Fender, ghost of Christmas present. This is our last break. When we come back, you'll hear the exciting conclusion to A Christmas Corolla. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com and get the entire episode at the podcast page. And now, the exciting conclusion of A Christmas Corolla. If you weren't able to listen to all of today's episode, go to ChristianCarGuy.com and get the podcast. When we left Frenchy Fender of Christmas Present, Kramer, and Eustace, time had stood still right after the Americans for Civil Liberties Joe condemns the Christmas meal.
4: Well, messieurs, what do you
1: think about this? Well, who, who does this AFC Joe think he is? Somebody needs to call the sheriff and run the shyster out of town.
7: Yes, sir. Someone needs to spin that dude down the road for sure.
4: Why, Eustace, très bien. It almost sounds like you want to protect Monsieur Minimat. Could I be right? <laughs> and you, Monsieur Kramer? Would you like to drive this, perhaps? Sacre bleu, are you too ready to open that gift after all? Look, I am not the man that you think I am.
1: I, I told the last ghost I can't do it, but, but... What is that I see beneath your robe? It, it, Ghost of Christmas Present. What is that? It it, it almost seems alive.
0: With that, Frenchy Fender, Ghost of Christmas Present, flung open her green robe to reveal two pitiful-looking children. They were pitiful, but they were also mean and scowling, almost wolfish-looking.
4: Behold, these are the children of the timing chain you are both bearing. They grow stronger with each passing Christmas. Are the two of you spinning the chain or is it spinning you? Let me tell you about these two children. The boy's name is Monsieur Ignorance and the girl Mademoiselle Want beware of them both, but especially this boy. See what is written on his forehead? The word do.
7: Certainly we can help a little guy here. I have some money to help him.
4: Ah, <laughs> oh, Monsieur Kramer. And pick your pocket on the 25th of December?
0: <laughs> As Frenchie Fender laughed, they immediately found themselves back at the accident scene. Staring them right in the face was a DeLorean, Yes, a silver DeLorean, and behind the wheel was a head gasket wearing a black Grim reaper robe with the hood overshadowing his face. Yes, it was Guido Gasket, ghost of Christmas future.
1: A DeLorean? Uh, are you the, the, the ghost I think you are? The, the, the one I fear the most? Uh, the, the ghost of Back to the Future? I, I mean the ghost of the Christmas future, I'm sorry.
6: You two mugs,
7: get in. I thought the ghost of Christmas Future doesn't talk.
6: You watch too much
0: TV. I said, get in. Eustace and Kramer jump in and the DeLorean speeds through the time warp to the future. As the dash lights up December 25th, 2018, the DeLorean slows down coming back to the hospital. The three get out, right into the same cafeteria they had just left.
6: Now pay attention or I'll have to slap you around. You understand? You're talking about the youth. What's a youth? You, you know, mini Matt. Now shut your trap and listen to Dorina and Blake.
4: Oh, Blake. <laughs> this place reminds me about the last time I saw Matt truly happy. And now, here we are on Christmas Day, but there is no Christmas. No one can even mention the word. Y- you know, sweetie, I would have thought God would have sent someone to protect Matt. Someone to drive those lost AFC people out of town.
6: That's it. One more stop for you two, and I'm sure you guessed it, the Boneyard. If I'm in, the time is almost up.
1: Spirit, before you show us that, just answer this one question. Are these the things that will be, or, or the things that might be if we don't open our present?
6: All right, you asked, so I'm going to give it to you straight. God knows, and oh only God, God knows. I knows, and here, is our only hope. Good fruit comes from good branches that are connected to a good root that's in good soil. That root is Jesus, God's son. So you's better open up that present. Jesus sacrificed on the cross for your failures, for your sins, for you, will be planted. It's your choice. You can either be fruit or fertilizer. Got it? fruit, or fertilizer, your choice. Here we are at the Boneyard. Get a good look at your headstone. The first one reads, Hippity Eustace is now in his casket. Failed to pay attention to Guido, Guido Gasket. Gasket. The next one says, Here lies Crankshaft Kramer. His attraction to worms could not be plainer, your choice.
1: Oh 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 god oh father yes yes you oh, made enough I want the protector you, you that you've made me to be I want to be the driver you made me to be I'm not the man I was I, I'm, I'm different not the cranky now. shaft I was a new man
7: I'm not the man I was I'm not the cranky shaft I was
0: As Kramer and Eustace awoke that morning the Corolla was in a snowbank being dragged out as if there was no accident. Eustace awoke to it being towed out and noticed Jimmy's Jeep across the intersection. It, too, was in a snowbank, unhurt. Jimmy walked right up to him. Hey, Eustace, you okay? Sorry it took so long to bring back a wrecker. I'll have you out in no time.
1: Oh, oh I, I'm alive! I'm alive! Oh, my goodness, I'm alive! Oh, oh, oh Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, what, what day is it? It's
5: Christmas Day, Eustace. Are you crazy?
1: Oh, m- Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Merry Christmas, you old Corolla. Merry Christmas, Christmas, Jimmy's Jeep. and. A crank oh, I, I'm as giddy as a, as a schoolboy, hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, oh, can I borrow your crankshaft and, and head over to the hospital, here, here, take the Corolla, uh, it, official sheriff business, yeah, and, and, and understand there's going to be trouble right here in Beaver County, and that starts with T that rhymes with C and stands for Christmas. I, I guess. Eustace, are you sure you're okay? Okay, I, I've never felt better. Uh, Jimmy, I'm off to the hospital Christmas dinner.
0: Eustace walks over to Jimmy's Jeep, lifting the hood,
1: and he asks, Kramer, uh, Kramer, are, are you in there? Yes, sir, deputy,
7: at your service. And like you, I'm ready to roll. And I mean roll. I understand there's going to be trouble right here in Beaver County. And that starts with a T, and it rhymes with C, and that stands for Christmas.
0: Eustace closes the hood, and off they roll to the hospital.
2: I want y'all to listen up here, everybody. Uh, This is an unlawful assembly on public property. We are filing suit right now, so you all need to cease and desist, both of them, cease and desist, and there will be no more talk of Christmas or Jesus
1: here on public property. Y'all understand that? Uh, Excuse me, uh, Mr. Americans for civility. Uh... Let me just have a look at your court order here. Okay. <coughs> well, uh,
2: you see, uh, okay, it's not exactly a court order just yet, per se. You see, I am filing this lawsuit just as soon as the court opens.
1: Oh, funny thing, Mister, but here in Beaver County, we have a we have a law against such a such a disturbance. You now, I would hate. To have to lock you up on Christmas Day, (laughs) but you leave me no other option, possibly, unless you walk out. Oh,
9: Deputy! Deputy, he'll be all right. He can share my table. He just needs to open his present this Christmas, right, Deputy? Hey, Mr. Americans ford civility man, uh, you know, Christmas time is my most favorite time. You see, God came as a baby and he came for you and for me and you don't want to go and make a bunch of ghosts have to come and scare you to believe you just got to open your present so that we can all be together together forever God blessed us everyone
0: and now here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's Christmas extravaganza (laughs) Randy
2: Oh, that was just so sweet, I'm all teared up. And I know I speak for the whole cast and crew of the Christian Car Guy show that our prayer is everyone will open up their present from God this Christmas.
5: Yup, Daddy, the Father's heart is so
1: blessed in the giving of his most precious thing in the universe, his only son, and the freedom from the lies that today's episode showed hold us all back from reflecting God's glory. So I, for one, am looking forward to some deeper conversations with God about my glory present and my family's glory present this Christmas. How about you? Uh, Randy, the way I
2: understand it, being a driver was Kramer's glory. So these drivers in the snow found themselves
8: adrift. Am I right, Randy? <laughs> Say goodbye, Danny Dipstick.
7: Uh, see you later, Randy.